Well, good morning to you. Are you awake? All right, good. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Let me guarantee you something. If you'll pay attention this morning and get what it is I'm saying to you, literally, it's not because uh, who the preacher is, but this will help you your entire life. If you can get what I'm preaching on this morning, it will help you. It'll help you in college. It'll help you after college. It'll help you in any church that you were in, in any ministry that you are involved in. If you will get this today, it will help you, I promise. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. title of my message this morning is Why I Hate the Rules. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would fill me with the Spirit of God, that as I preach, the truth of your word will go deep into every heart. Lord, may we get this. May we understand some things about rules today that can help us for the rest of our life. Have your way in every heart and every life, and Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't tell you how many times I've heard words like these. I am sick to death of rules. Or I am so tired of rules. I don't know why down at church you've got so many rules. You cannot have any fun with all the rules. You can't enjoy life or being a Christian with all these rules. Now, to be sure, there are many people, maybe even some here, who think that rules make you miserable, that you can't have fun, you can't enjoy life if there are a lot of rules. But let me just mention to you today that every sport has rules. People normally participate in sports because they like the sport. And you will always insist on the people that you're playing against keeping the rules. But every sport has rules. Doesn't make any difference what it is. And by the way, they not only have rules, but they have referees to enforce the rules. In some of the sports like football, you might have eight officials and a couple in the booth to be watching even the instant replays to make sure that the rules are followed. And yet, we enjoy sports. No matter how many rules, and by the way, with all the sports, they are very uh, uh, particular about even the smallest of things, you have to keep the rules. In basketball, for instance, in basketball, you may be dribbling the ball going down the sideline. And may I just say this, if you learn this, it'll help you. That the closer you get to the out-of-bounds line, the closer they watch you. 
Some of you people wonder why people are always watching you because you're always near the out-of-bounds line. And the longer you're near the out-of-bounds line, the more people are going to be paying attention to what you do. But here's the guy dribbling the ball going down the sideline. If just a fraction of an inch of his shoe touches the out-of-bounds line, a whistle is blown, an official stands up, calls him for being out of bounds in front of no matter how many thousand people are in the gymnasium, embarrassing, embarrassing him to death and giving the ball to the other side. Now, if you're on the other side, you're also watching him and you're hoping he's going to get called for being out of bounds. They are so particular about the rules. In football, if you break the rules, they not only blow the whistle, but they give your number <laughs> out loud to everybody, to millions watching on TV. They don't care how much they embarrass you. Then why do you keep playing football? Because I love the sport, but they've got rules. I have so much play, uh, fun playing, but they've got rules. You mean you can't have fun because of all the rules? In soccer, they've got rules. You know, I did a little internet search. I found out there's a sport called toe wrestling. And guess what? They have rules. There's arm wrestling. But you just can't. You got to follow the rules in golf. They have rules. Do you realize even playing marbles, there are rules to playing marbles? Now, some of us older people, we remember playing marbles. Some of these younger people don't have a clue what a marble is. <laughs> Matter of fact, I saw on the website for the first Lego League. There's a league to play Legos. And guess what you find? They've got a whole page of? What about that? And they've got thousands of people connected with this stuff. Whenever you go to a toy store, I don't care what game you pick up. Every game, you open up the box, one of the first things you see are the rules. And why do they go to the toy store? To buy a game, to play, to have what? Fun! With rules! A matter of fact, all the sports, I don't care if it's baseball, football, basketball, soccer, or even all the games that you could buy at Toys R Us. I don't even know if there still are Toys R Us stores. But every game that you buy... Is not only has rules, but the games themselves are defined by the rules. And you tell me you can't enjoy life because there are rules. Every country has rules. Every state has rules. Every province, every county, every city. Every town, every village has rules. It is part of life. When the car was invented, they had to come up 
with a whole new set of rules because they didn't have rules about cars until cars came along. They had to start having speed limits. They had to start having rules about where you could drive the car. You couldn't just drive it any place that you wanted to. Do you understand? Without the rules, the bullies always win. You ought to be thanking God for the rules. Isn't it interesting that in the Garden of Eden, God created man, put him in the Garden of Eden. What a wonderful place. And the first thing God did, he gave him a rule. Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat it. The day you do, you die. One rule, and he couldn't keep one rule. As a result, we have millions of rules in life. Why? We've got to have them. Do you understand that there are even rules for war? And you break the rules for war and lose the war? you're probably going to be executed. You realize that the government has rules about your income? They have rules about what you can do with your income? And there are certain things if you do those things in order to get income and they find out about it, they're going to put you in jail for making your income from something that they consider illegal. As in not, not only that, they have rules for how you can spend your income. Government has rules about how much of your income you owe them and they didn't do anything. <laughs> That's reality. You don't pay according to the rules. You can lose everything you have. You can even go to jail for it. Every business has rules. Every place, every place that has rules has to have an enforcer of the rules. You go down to work at Burger King. I don't know why you would, but if you did, they have rules. They have rules about who can work there. They have rules about what you have to wear. Why? They must be cultist. You have to wear their uniform. You have, to wear their, you have to wear their colors. You have to look like everybody else. And yet people go down there and still apply for a job. It's the same way at McDonald's. It's the same way at Hardee's. Isn't that amazing that they can have rules about dress, but we get mad at a church because it says you got to wear certain things in order to go to a certain church? It's part of life. Grow up. That's reality. Uh, I, I haven't seen the student handbook at Ambassador Baptist College. I don't know how big it is. I know we have an academy at our place. We have a handbook. In our handbook, it used to be we had three pages to our student handbook. Today, we have small print, 25 pages, including pictures <laughs> concerning the rules. And a great number of those rules, I could write somebody's name beside that rule 
as to why we have that rule. I can only imagine that Ambassador Baptist College, there may be a couple of rules in their book that they could write somebody's name beside it because they had trouble. Why don't we just do right? Why don't we just do right? No, because of the sinfulness of mankind, we have to have rules. Isn't it interesting that in the Garden of Eden, the first thing God did in creating Adam He gave him a rule. He even gave him a rule before he had a wife. Now, she added a little bit to that, couldn't keep her own addition, and look what it's led to. Let me give you some reasons why I hate the rules. I hate the rules, number one, because people are going to break them. I don't care what the rule. You say, well, preacher, I, I only break those things that are just... I just don't think they're necessary. And if everybody did that, we'd have anarchy. But I'll guarantee that you've broken the greatest rule that God has. And you've broken it not just once, but many times. A lawyer came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22 and said, What's the great commandment? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The reality is you can't say a bad word loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You can't gossip or hold bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The reality is everyone here has broken God's greatest rule many times. No, you only break the ones that you see as great or see as not so great, not as important. Those are the ones that you break and some of them may be extremely great rules. In Genesis chapter 8 and verse 21, he tells us that the imaginations of man's heart are only evil from his youth. In Jeremiah 4, 22, he says, For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. They have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. I mean, I don't care what the rule is. You take the simplest of rules. Now, for instance, we have a gymnasium at our place, and we allow our people to use the gymnasium for different sports things or different meetings, but we do have some rules about it. I mean, after all, we do pay the electric bill for them to be able to use it, and we do have to pay a rather high insurance bill every year Uh, So, and we don't want people getting hurt in the gym, if at all possible. And so we have certain rules. For instance, we used to have, when we built our building, we had two sets of lights. We had regular set of halogen lights that basically covered the whole place. But then also with each light, there was an emergency lighting, which was a totally separate thing. We put down on the uh, uh, a note saying, do not touch the emergency lighting. Because it was only for emergencies. But for some reason, some of these great basketball players in there couldn't see the baskets with the regular lighting. And so, and we'd let them play. Here it would be on a Friday night. We'd let them come out and play basketball. I'd come in on Sunday mo- or Saturday morning. And all the emergency lights would be on in the gym. They ate up electricity like crazy. We're paying the bill. I I get up and I would announce, don't turn on the emergency lights. Next week, same thing. 
I got up that next Sunday and I said, nobody's playing this week. We're still trying to pay the electric bill because last week you couldn't follow the rules. It's not your gym. You're not paying the bill for that. What a silly thing to have to pay that much money for you to play basketball when you can see just fine without it. They'd come in. It might be a little warm. And uh, they turned the air conditioning down to 60 degrees. You know, we got to get it down fast. By the way, I do not care whether you set it at 60 or 65. It's going to go down at the same speed. And so they, so they play basketball with the, with the air conditioning down to 60. About the time it gets comfortable, they're done playing. They go home. They don't turn off or turn it back up to where it should be. We come in the next day and it'd be freezing in the gym. Guess who paid for that? We said, don't touch the thermostat. Leave the thermostat alone. Next week, same thing. Hey, you're playing basketball to sweat. So sweat. Now here, we were trying to be nice. Guess what? No basketball the next week. Because people can't follow a simple rule. Unfortunately, that's the nature of mankind. Oh, we've got other rules. For instance, we'll tell them to stay out of the kitchen. You're playing basketball. We have no nets in the kitchen. <laughs> but they've got to go in there and get our styrofoam cups so that they can get a drink of water. We've got water fountains. They can go over, push the button, get a drink. No, no, no. They've got to have a cup. So we go in the next day and we find that we've got cups all over the gymnasium that somebody has to pick up. We paid for the cups. Now we have to pay a janitor to clean up their mess. No basketball next week. Because people simply can't follow even the simplest of rules. You understand, you start complaining about rules, you're saying far more about yourself than you are about the rules. You're thinking that you ought to be the exception. We have a saying around our place, the rules are for everybody but me. Number two, another reason I hate the rules is rules make people angry. That makes them, and by the way, that's what happens in Genesis chapter 4. Now, I believe God had already taught Adam and Eve that it was a blood sacrifice that was necessary when he made the coats to cover up their fig leaf apron. And when it came time to sacrifice to God, you find Cain and Abel each bringing a sacrifice to the Lord. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Abel brought a blood sacrifice. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 that God had respect unto Abel's sacrifice and he had not respect for Cain's sacrifice. And Cain was angry that his sacrifice was not accepted. And so who did he get mad at? The man who made the rules. He got mad at God. And so God said, doest thou well to be angry? Do, do you do well to be angry? By, I mean, really? He said, if you do right, you'll be accepted. But if not, behold, sin lieth at the door. So he decides he's going to stay angry and he ends up killing Abel. And for that, he gets banished. 
Oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? Hey, big baby, if you'd have just followed the rules, everything would have been fine. There are a lot of tr people in trouble, and you've been in trouble for a long time simply because you don't want to keep somebody else's rules. Shame on you. And you get mad at the people that have to make the rules. You get mad at the enforcer of the rules. Hey, that's why we get after police, isn't it? Driving down the road, going 15 miles over the speed limit, they stop you. Why aren't they out catching the real criminals? Well, what's a criminal? Criminals are the ones that break the law. You broke the law. Why get mad at the policeman? The only reason he was speeding was to catch up with you. Well, I just think that the speed limit ought to be higher on that road. Let me tell you something. Back in the 1970s, long time ago, before most of you were born, I understand that. But in the 1970s, Jimmy Carter, who uh, we, we had rationing of gas and everything else, but they lowered the speed limit to 55. Now, even, around Atlanta, even, at 55 miles an hour, nobody drove 55. They drove 65 and 70. Because after all, those roads were built for, 50, uh, for uh, 65 and 70. Ronald Reagan became president and he raised the speed limit back up to 70 miles an hour. Everyone's happy. They've been driving 70, so now it's fine. They can do it and do it legally. No, they didn't drive 70. They drove 75 and 80. <laughs> Why? Because it is in us. It's in our rebellious nature, whatever the rule is, to get a little more that other people don't have. Rules make people angry. That's why John the Baptist got his head chopped off. Because, you see, it was not lawful for Herod to have his brother's wife. And he preached that, and they cut off his head. Elijah, Elijah. People hated Elijah. Matter of fact, what did uh, Ahab call him? Called him, has I found me, O mine enemy? But Elijah wasn't the enemy. Ahab was his own enemy. And Ahab was the enemy of his own people. You see, the reality is when you start showing your anger at those who've made some rules, and by the way, they've been at this thing a lot longer than you've been at it. I mean, I'm speaking to you as a person who when I went off to Bible college and I saw rules I had never seen before, standards I had never seen before. I mean, I wasn't there six months, Brother Beale, and I knew better how to run that place than the people who'd been there for 40 years. I thought. I thought. God sent you here to learn, not to correct them. Somebody say amen right there. Yeah, amen right there. But we understand that rules make people angry. I hate the rules because no matter what rule you have, no matter how good it is, somebody's going to break them. Number two, rules make people angry. Number three, rules show us for what we are. Turn over to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I'm going to begin reading at verse 7. They show us for what we are. He says in verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. 
For without the law, sin was dead, for I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto, unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is, notice what he says about it. The law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. I'm so sick of the rules. Do you know why we have prisons and jails? People can't keep the rules. I can tell you today, I have the answer for this, how we can empty every prison and jail in America. Do away with all the rules. Nobody's guilty. Now think about our society if we did away with all the rules. All the rules. You'd be afraid to go out your door. As a matter of fact, you'd have to go out and pack in packs so that you could protect yourselves. Because it would be anarchy. And the people with the biggest guns and the biggest gangs would be the winners. And you would simply be the victims. Do you understand rules? Rules show us for what we are. If you're a continuous breaker of the rules, it shows you for the rebel that you are. You're not God. I tell people in our school with our school handbook, our school handbook is picky. And it's picky for three reasons. The first reason it's picky is because some things are right and some things are wrong and we're going to do what's right, period. Secondly, it is picky because somebody has to draw a line someplace. When we say that a man's hair is to be short because we recognize people would see that having different definitions. After all, the Bible's plain that a man's hair is to be short and a woman's hair is to be longer if she can. And, uh, but some smart aleck always comes up with how short is short? How long is long? Oh, I can't stand people like that. I just say that short is the opposite of long. <laughs> Somebody's got to draw the line someplace, and wherever we draw the line, that's where we're going to enforce it because we're not liars. And then it's also picky because we have found out some things work and some things don't. And we're going to do what works. I'll guarantee you in the handbook at Ambassador Baptist College, they have found that every rule probably fits into one of those three areas. They're going to do what's right. They're going to do what's wor what works. And they're going to do with where they've drawn the line. And the next time you complain, understand people have already been through some things, which is why you have the rules that you have. And it's for your good. Because we don't need rebels in the pulpit today. Not only that, rules seem to only encourage people to do wrong. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Take speed limits. I gave the example about what it was during the time of Jimmy Carter. And then Reagan comes in. They still broke the rules. And we all know that the police never give a ticket under five miles an hour over. Never give a ticket. That's a lie. Some do. 
I had a policeman in our area tell me that he never stops anybody unless they're going at least 10 miles an hour over the limit. And he says, I'm busy writing tickets all day at 10 miles an hour over. The truth is, the speed limit becomes whatever the authority allows. Why is it that if you were to write on a bench outside, don't touch wet paint? Everyone would touch it to see if it's still wet. What's wrong with us? It's a simple rule to keep you from getting paint on you. I think it'd be neat that after a day, go out there and get the fingerprints of everybody who touched it. <laughs> Call them into the office. I mean, the reality is nobody would touch it if it didn't say don't touch wet paint. It just seems like the rules make us want to disobey. Let me give you a fifth reason. And I want you to get this one. Know this. Rules reflect the values of the ones in power. For instance, if you were to go up to Canada today, go out on the street corner and begin to preach. And in your preaching, you say homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. More than likely, you're going to jail. Because you see, you can't preach against homosexuality in a public place in the country of Canada. That reflects their value system. There are Muslim countries where they have what they call Sharia law. Do you realize that if a woman is raped in a Muslim country, according to their law, the woman is put to death? Why? Because that's their values. Their laws represent their value system, which is why Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Not only that, rules reflect the depravity of man. Many rules that we have, as I said, we could put a name under. I, I remember when we built our building, that was... 22 years ago now, when we built our new building there, I was asked, you want to put speed bumps up? I said, no, I don't want to put, people will do right. <laughs> now that was stupid. <laughs> I mean, who wants to hit a kid running out between two cars? I wouldn't want to do it. I'd have trouble living with myself if I hit somebody's child and they died or were crippled, I'd have trouble ever facing them again. But evidently, there are a lot of people that wouldn't bother because we didn't put speed bumps. I hate speed bumps. I hate speed bumps. But I'd stand there at the door, see people driving in, zoom, zoom, what are they doing? I said something to a few of them. They'd get mad at me. Okay, speed bumps. And I started out with little bitty speed bumps. But until people began to realize, if you drive over the little bitty ones fast enough, you won't even feel them. So now we've got tear out your gas tank speed bumps. (laughs) 
didn't want to do it. But I had to do it for other people's safety. I mean, this is crazy. We, we have a room that we call the cry room. <laughs> now, the cry room was specifically for people who, for some reason, they either don't want to put their child in the nursery or maybe the, the child has some sniffles and so they couldn't go into the nursery. And so that room, or maybe the child was just a little rambunctious, you know, and they couldn't couldn't get him to behave, they could go into the cry room and sit and watch the service on the closed circuit TV that we had there. <clears throat> Sounds like a plan. Found out that people would go in there and two or three different others and not only would the kids carry on, but the moms would be talking to one another for the whole hour. It became a hide from the preaching room instead of a cry room. So we put up a list of Rules. Now, we have a monitor in there now so that if they're breaking the rules, we can tell them to get out of the cry room. We did that for their benefit to begin with. And no matter how good it was so that people could still hear the preaching of the word of God, they turned it into something bad. What a shame. Rules reflect the depravity of man. In our nursery, we have rules. We have rules for the workers. We have rules how they dress. We have rules for changing diapers. We have rules for, you know, they, they can't use a dirty diaper on the kid. Matter of fact, when they change a diaper, they have to change their gloves. They have to wear gloves to do it. They have to change their gloves after changing somebody else's kid. That's just safety. We have a number of rules for the nursery. But we don't just have rules for the workers. We also have rules for the parents providing for the child so the nursery worker can take care of their child. And we find people, well, I'm not going to work in there. You got all these rules. Well, fine, don't work in there. We don't need you if you're going to be a rebel. All this stuff was for the good of people. People just want to complain, don't they? People just have to complain. And there's no doubt probably some here that you, you've just been going nuts. You don't like all the rules, and yet they're there for your benefit. They're there to be a blessing for everybody. Another reason I don't like the rules. Without rules, bullies rule. Try to play basketball with no rules. Somebody's going to get a tooth knocked out. Somebody's going to get a black eye. There are going to be a few fights on the court before you're all done if you don't have any rules. No need for a referee if you don't have any rules. I mean, how many would enjoy playing volleyball with no rules? Just the guys. <laughs> Girls, no doubt, you've played volleyball sometimes with guys playing. And it seems like guys don't have a clue how to play their position. They know how to play everybody else's position, especially yours. And they don't mind going over the net something that would cause a point for the other team in a real game. But you see, they got to be macho and tough. And they love spiking the girls over the net. You say, that's no fun at all. Exactly. They think you're impressed at how much of a jerk they really are. Can I give you another reason why I hate the rules? I hate the rules 
because it is impossible to enforce the rules uniformly. As a matter of fact, God had that problem. He gave them to Israel. Turn over to Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18. And notice verse 25. The scripture says, Yet ye say, The way of the Lord is not equal. Hear now, O ye house of, o house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not your ways unequal? Go to verse 29. Verse 29, Yet the house, uh, yet saith the house of Israel, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? Go over to chapter 33. Chapter 33, verse 17. Yet the children of thy people say, the way of the Lord is not equal. But as for them, their way is not equal. Go down to verse 20. Yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. Or ye, uh, ye house of Israel, O ye house of Israel, I will judge you everyone after his ways. They claim that God wasn't equal in dealing with people. I tell people in our, when they put their kids in our school, when it comes to discipline, you've got to back us. If you don't back us, you need to take your kids out. Now, we're going to try to enforce the, world's, the, the rules equally, but you understand we can only get after those that we catch. If we don't catch them, they get away with it. And I've always told people, as far as my children were concerned, if 10 kids do the same thing, mine gets caught, the other nine do not, my child will be the only one who got helped. And the other children are going to do it again. We try to be uniform, but you can't catch everybody. Some kids are just sneakier than others. That's the way it is. We'll do our best to get everyone that we can when it comes to breaking the rules. But the problem of rules get down to simply the fact that we are sinners. We don't want to have to pay the price for breaking the rules, but we think because we're so mature, but we think it ought to be all right if we break the rules. I just read a story this morning about a young, I hate to call her a young lady, but she got high on marijuana, stabbed her boyfriend to death. It was over 20 times. It might have been 30 times she stabbed him and killed him. That's murder. It's murder whether she took drugs or not. The judge let her go. Now figure that one out. That poor boy's life is gone because she decided to take drugs and she ought to get away with it. No, that's why you're not safe anywhere in this country today. We have woke politicians and DAs like in New York City where you've got murderers who have, I mean, they know the person's guilty, but the DA won't file charges. You don't want to be loose on New York City. You're not safe because there's no respect for the rules. Now, young, young people, I'm trying to help you today. If you can get this matter of the rules down, God has rules, and God means his rules. For instance, I read again the book of Exodus this morning where God told Israel if they didn't keep the Sabbath that they would surely die. In Exodus, or Numbers chapter 35 or chapter 15, the latter part of the chapter, 
There's a man who's picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. So they arrested him. They took him into ward and told Moses. And Moses said, well, let's go to God and find out what we should do. Now, the Bible does not say what he was going to do with the sticks. doesn't say he was picking them up to build a fire. doesn't say that he was trying to clean up his yard to make it look better around the tent. We don't know why he was doing it. It just says he was gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. And God said, take him out before the congregation and stone him with stones until he's dead. He had a rule. He didn't keep it. And God said, take him out. Now, God said that. I wonder if we could call that guy back from the dead today and say, hey, did you learn anything from that? I think he would tell us, yes, God means exactly what he says. The truth is, we have trouble with his rules. We have trouble with man's rules. And until we recognize that is the rebellion in each of us, we're going to continue to have trouble in life. Some of you fellows want to be pastors. Guess who people are going to get mad at when they break the rules? They're going to get mad at you. And yet you only tried to do what was good for the whole congregation so that everybody, everybody could worship correctly and be in a spirit of worship. And it's our own rebellion that will keep us from it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, help some folks today. I don't, I don't know the students here. But I know that this is a problem that's common to man. And that there are some people that have been struggling right now. They wonder why everybody's always getting after them. And it's because they're always near the out-of-bounds line. The closer they get to that, the closer people watch them. God, I pray you'd help some young people today to get some things settled so they can get the most out of this experience in Bible college that you intended for them to get here. They'll never be what they ought to be for the glory of God until they get this matter of authority and rules right in their own mind. Doesn't make any difference how good they think that their motives are. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. For to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Lord, I pray you'd speak to hearts today. I ask it in Jesus' name.